Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. I feel like we're going to ruffle some feathers today. Our own feathers or other people's feathers? Our own and other people's. I am hoping to spark some healthy debate. (laughs) Has debating ever been like a healthy thing? I feel like we say that. We're like, debating is good. It's good to listen to other sides, other people's perspectives and opinions. But I feel like the older we get, the more we're like, I just don't want to hear it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe debate is not the right word. I hope this starts some great conversations. It's the same thing, but I feel like debating has a very negative connotation and a conversation, you know, who doesn't like a good patio conversation or a good bar conversation? A good chin waggle, is that what they call them? Chin wag? You go to London once and (laughs) this is what happens. Look at this British lingo. All right, let's get into today's topic. We are speaking about frugal tips that we have tried that are just not worth it. I mean, When it comes to trying to get better with your money, I think this is always the first thing we think of. We're like, right, I don't want to be silly. I don't want to keep spending money on food and going out and eating. What are some things that I can do to be better? And we often start because it's, you know, easier to save than to try and ask for a pay rise. That's not going to happen in a day. But as the queen of being frugal, as someone that has lived off very little to the point where people have had concerns for me. People have opened my pantry and asked me what my problem was. People have said to me, you need to start wearing clothes with holes in them. I think I'm ready for this conversation. I have two instances that can back up Sim's intro to her frugalness. One is when I would literally send you groceries when you were flooding, not for you, not because you would have food, but for my own peace of mind that this person has food in their pantry. And two, in New Zealand, we have this thing called the warehouse. It is equivalent to a Target, a Kmart, a Primark if you're in the UK. And Sim had these like $8 ballet flats that were warehouse shoes, holes in them, everything. She's like, they're fine. And I'm like, you could be barefoot right now and you would not notice the difference. So yeah, she wears that badge and I'm here to provide the accolade that yes, she is that frugal queen. And as being the frugal queen, my issue is I listened to that story and I'm like, that's right. I did do that. Like, I am so proud of those shoes. That is not how I should be thinking. And I get that. But we're here to talk about the absolute worst things that we have done for the sake of frugalness that we just know aren't worth it anymore. And if we can tell you, hey, don't do this. Save yourself some heartache. Save yourself some time. I think we're leaving the world in a better place. I think so, too. Now, before we begin, we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode. Are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin? Meet Perla, the Aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible, diversified portfolio. With Perla, you can start investing with as little as $5. Perla's unique community-driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs and tracking your progress over time. One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. 
Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. What's your first one? My first frugal tip that I have tried that is just not worth it in my experience is meal prepping every single thing that you have at home. I would do this to my wits end and for those that are like listening that are like Simran you are wrong I'm about to like log out turn off delete the app like move countries hear me out when I would meal prep yes I was buying things in bulk so yes they were like technically cheaper to some extent yes I was spending like one Sunday doing all the work and like having it ready but the amount of money I was actually saving for the time and like stress and pressure and the annoyance of I'm going to eat the same thing for breakfast, lunch and dinner or just like lunches and dinners for seven days that would then result in me just being like screw this and going out and buying lunch anyway was not worth it in the end. I just didn't have the discipline to eat what I was cooking and then I would go out and buy lunch and maybe this isn't so much of an issue of it being a frugal tip as it is an issue of my like lack of discipline and my personality traits but that on one hand was really hard then you're actually not saving that much by buying bulk like we think if we buy bulk we're going to get a better deal but how much rice are you actually going to buy to you then use that's going to save you like a couple of cents only to eat something that is the exact same every single day I just find it easier to have like a couple of things around that can be used for different types of meals multiple times a week than the same meal. And I think meal prepping comes across as the absolute best, most frugal, like smartest way to go about it. But I just don't agree. And I think that's a little bit controversial. But if you have other opinions, look, I'm here to hear them, Sonia. I actually agree with you. And I think meal prep works when, as you said, you're meal prepping ingredients. So you're chopping up onions for a week and storing them in a way that they'll last the whole week. So when you cook during the week, like different dishes that has onion or has crushed garlic or has like chopped veggies, then at least you don't have to do like the prep portion of it. I just think I get bored of my food. I end up wasting it. And then when I go out inevitably to get lunch, to get dinner, even though I have food at home, it just adds on more guilt to something that I was going to do anyway. So (laughs) it's like, I get it. It's not for me. And I'm someone who does not find joy in cooking and does not find joy in, or I don't think it's a peaceful activity where some people really like zone out. They love cooking. They love the process. They love prep. I don't like it. I like eating. I don't like cooking, but I agree with meal prepping ingredients. And chopping vegetables. Okay. Now I'm on the same page with you on that. And the other thing is that it also just comes down to your ingredients. Like if you're meal prepping something that has a lot of expensive ingredients, that does not save you money compared to cooking things in the moment that 
I just based off, okay, I'm a little bit hungry. What have I got in the fridge to work with? Let's just like whip something up together. That ends up, in my opinion, doing a little bit less damage than, okay, I want to make elaborate meal that's going to be tasty that I'm going to enjoy. And therefore I need to buy like time and I'm not buying that. I'm not spending that kind of money on herbs. <laughs> I think the key with meal prep is when you meal prep ingredients, you need to account for like a variety of different dishes that you can work with rather than just meal prepping the whole thing and storing it in the fridge and then you know all you have. Like dinner for six days or five days is chicken and rice. I just feel like life is too short. But if you're like prepping for a marathon or if you're like doing bodybuilding or like all of that and then that works for you, then go on ahead. It's just not us, is it? And that's okay. I want to hear a frugal tip that you have that just has not been worth it for you. Okay. So I want to preface this by saying that I think I've analyzed my frugal tips that haven't worked for me and it boils down to scarcity mindset and how I struggle with that. Because the first thing that I want to share is that buying in bulk does not work for me personally. Now, a little bit about me. I'm 26 years old. I am single. I don't have children. So this buying in bulk situation, I have no idea why I even took the tip and started to like buy like so many things. Like if there was like cereal or oats or like a certain toothpaste or whatever, like I would buy six of them because <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I might need that. We might lock down. What if toothpaste runs out? I'm not one of those creative people that can make toothpaste out of, I don't know, baking soda. I don't know what you do. No, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? Oh, I think it's baking soda. Yeah, but you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm not a DIY person and I think that with me buying in bulk and my mindset, it just led to overconsumption. It led to products expiring and me having to throw it out because I couldn't use it anymore. It led to kind of the same thing like meal prep, like I didn't have variety in my products that I was using or like there was cereal in my cupboard. I felt like I couldn't try a new cereal because I have cereal at home. And then it just ends up expiring anyway. I feel like that it just didn't work for me. But I think it works for people who have families, who have busy lifestyles, who uh, maybe live further away from like supermarkets or they live rurally. Then it makes sense to buy in bulk. I just don't know why I was applying that rule to me. I guess we almost forget, and I've been so guilty of this as well, but like there's so many frugal tips out there and we kind of assume that, oh, if it's working for like a family of four, it should work for a household of one as well. And I didn't even think of that, but that's such a good point. Like, of course you don't need six months worth of cereal, but if you had like six mouths to feed, then yeah, that makes more sense. It does make more sense. Like people who have like those tips and coupons of like buying diapers or buying wipes like for their children, like, or like snacks, like that makes sense because you have mouths to feed and you, you know, have partners and you want to cook for them. It just makes sense for me. And I want to touch on like scarcity mindset a real quick moment. So for those of you who don't know, a scarcity mindset is when you believe there are limited resources. So if someone else has something, you feel like that's less of a resource available to you. And that was coined by Tabitha Kirkland, who's a psychologist. And she is a teaching professor at the University of Washington's Department of Psychology. And I think that 
it applies to so many different things in your life. It applies to your money. It applies to, you know, buying in bulk. And it's things that you have to unlearn. And I think this is a teaching moment for advice out there to save money. Make sure that you're personalizing it to make it make sense for you. I don't think anyone is guilt tripping you into buying in bulk when you don't need to. But also I feel like it makes you anxious for like potential situations that might not happen. I also find that buying bulk has a level of like annoyance that people don't recognize, which is storage space. Like if you have a big home, fair enough. If you can put all your diapers away, that's great. But when you realize when you buy bulk, you then have to go, oh my God, now I need to buy all these boxes. Now I need to buy extra storage. Now I need a new cupboard to put all these extra things. I have found that sometimes I end up spending more trying to then house all my bulk products instead of saving money on just buying them in the moment. And so I found that like within my family, when I go back to my parents' place, they have a good system where certain things that they know are cheaper They will buy in bulk and that is sugar, wheat flour, and maybe salt. I'm not sure. Those are the two to three things that they buy in bulk because for them, like per unit, it is much cheaper to buy the big bags. Rice, sorry, not salt. Rice is the other thing. Everything else is not bulked. And it's just about finding like a hybrid model of, okay, a few things like from a financial point of view are better for me to buy in bulk, but just because I'm saving 30 cents does not mean I need to buy five toothpaste that is just going to eventually expire or I need to buy a little place to keep them and I've actually completely offset the 30 cents that I've saved. Agreed completely. My parents have their own system at home, but the thing is, is that they use the ingredients that they're buying and like buckling up on. So uh, props to you, mum and dad and Sims mum and dad. It's all we know. We're like, you know what? Our immigrant parents bulked, so we should too. And then we're like, wait, we live by ourselves or we live with like one other person. Like, what are we doing? I have to say my next frugal tip has been one that I've never like shared out loud because I am scared for the backlash because this is like frugal tip 101. I'm pretty sure I've shared this frugal tip at some point in my life, but I have trialed it and it has not worked well for me. Selling things that you don't use has worked to a certain degree. I think there is room for it. I think it helps, but to do it as a consistent way of being frugal, it doesn't last. It is not long-standing. How many times have we put up one thing on Facebook Marketplace and then basically picked up a full-time job trying to deal with all the people that want to buy it off you, want to find the time to come see it, flake on you, let's meet. Oh my God, no, I didn't show up. Sorry, I can't do it. Like it is so much of a hassle. And so I have honestly learned to avoid using things like that. And instead I use like an eBay equivalent called trade me where anything I am selling, it's got like a $1 reserve price. It is going to be sold no matter what the cost is. And that has worked out so much better for me than like a marketplace equivalent. Because when you know something is going to sell for no matter how much people offer, you just do not have to deal with logistical back and forth. And you've got to almost think about, yes, I'm making $20 by selling this top, but I've also spent five hours dealing with people to then sell the top. And am I really being frugal if I'm wasting time where I could be doing something else to make that $20? 
that's such an interesting point that I don't know if I fully agree with. Sim gets so excited when I don't agree with her because we've just been on the same page a little bit too long. But I think there's definitely websites like Trade Me, like Depop, like certain avenues that you can take that make it so black and white to sell your stuff. And, you know, what's 30 minutes of like taking pictures of everything, posting it, if you're going to get like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, you know, I think people take it too far and they use reselling or like selling stuff as like a side hustle to a point where it's like a little bit unethical because you're buying something for $10 and you're inflating the price of it 10 times to like honest people who do want to collect an item or like people who buy concert tickets and then they resell it for like ages because they just want to make like a few hundred dollars. I think that's where it gets a little bit like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that if you don't want something. Like don't buy something for the purpose of just reselling it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I agree. I think that does not make you frugal. That just makes you someone that is... It's turning side hustle Yeah. And that's okay. Look, that's a different conversation. But that to me is like, okay, you've put that in. But if you're trying to be frugal, you've almost got to ask yourself, okay, for $10, how many hours am I willing to spend? And if that looks like three hours and you're okay with that, go ahead, but put a time on it because you do not realize how much of a time suck some of these like selling websites can get. You know what it is? It's just those chats. I just can't deal with them. Like just the, hey, are you free? Can I come pick this up right now? Yeah, of course. Three hours later, hey, are you free? Can I pick it up tomorrow? Absolutely. 12 days later, is this still available? It's just, it's so much hassle and you just have to decide what that number is. So I wanted to ask you, for something that you are selling for $50, how many hours are you willing to put in to get that sold? I don't know, like an hour or two. But the thing is, like, I've never had, like, these insane circumstances that you're talking about. It's usually just, like, a quick back and forth or, like, yeah, I'll ship it out. And then you kind of have to trudge your way to, like, the post shop <laughs> to, like, ship something out. But I can feel the annoyance through the mics that you are feeling like she's recounting some horrific experiences. So makes sense why this is on your list. Sonia's like, do you want to talk about this after? Have you brought this up with your therapist at some point? Like what's the deeper issue here? <laughs> Cause I personally have been fine. I mean, it's, it's good to think about cause I think people forget the time wasted or the time spent and they're just thinking of the dollar amount. So it's a good little reminder for people My next one, again, I just want to give that like little context of she's working through scarcity mindset. And my next one is cutting things out of my budget that actually make me feel good and things that I want to do. But for the sake of just like saving money or saving a certain amount per month, I've taken it out. In New Zealand, I swore that I just did not care about my appearance, that I didn't need facials, that I didn't need to get my nails done, even though those were things that I enjoyed in isolation. And I think that was also reflective of my mental state at the time. Whereas like in Canada, and I had money to include these things in my budget, right? And I was purposefully like not doing these things because, you know, to save money or whatever. And it would only save like 20, 50 bucks per month. Coming to Canada and implementing like those two things in my monthly budget, it's nails and it's facials. 
it just makes me feel so good. It's like a little self-care treat. I'm yarning with the nail lady. I'm talking to like my facialist about my skin. Like it's just two experience that I've just been looking forward to every single month and I've been consistent with it. I know if times get tough and I do need to relook at my budget and something like insane has happened, those things are the first to go and I wouldn't mind removing them from my budget because I don't need them to live. And I have a few other self-care practices, sure. But again, I'm not a DIY person. Like the idea of buying a nail kit and doing my own nails at home, I just don't want to do. Like it would cause me more stress and more annoyance and frustration than it would like, oh my gosh, you're saving X amount per month. Same with facials. Like I do love a good at-home facial But when my facial lady is just like getting into my pores and using like these machines that suck, like the dirt and like, I don't know, it's just very satisfying. That's also one of the reasons I feel like my skin has been so clear that a lot of people don't talk about. I do have a routine, but I think the facials really help. I also just want to quickly add before Sim adds her two cents that I realize that there is an insane amount of privilege in saying that. I know cost of living is insane. I know that people are struggling. This is just personally what I've found that doesn't work for me. And it is a huge privilege. And if I needed to change my budget or relook at things, I know they'd be the first things to go, but I'm good for now, you know? I think that's fair. I actually have nothing to add to that. You know, I get it. I think the last thing that I have found that is something I've been doing for a very long time, which has not worked out well for me in terms of being frugal, is actually around the idea of buying cheaper electronics. Because every time I have done this, every time I have said, I want like product A, but I can't really afford it right now. So I'm going to get like a knockoff electronic version of product A and it's going to be product B. It has never fared well for me. They have always broken down. And then I have gone and bought what I wanted the first time. A good example would be headphones. So I bought wired headphones for like $30 and they worked well for me. But after every recording, my ears would actually hurt. They were just so uncomfortable and it wasn't the noise. It wasn't Sonia's voice that was hurting my ears. It was just how like uncomfortable the headphones were. They were just so tiny. Like if you take your index finger and your thumb and make a circle, like that was the size of the headphone, like, I don't know, cuffs, muffs around my ears. They were tiny. And eventually I like put up with that for a year Would it feels so crap after a recording because my ears would just hurt all day. And I was like, what am I doing? Just buy the proper headphones. You wanted them. These aren't noise cancelling. You can hear people like yelling in the background. And I have found myself doing that constantly. When I was younger, Apple AirPods came out and I was like, I'm not going to buy AirPods. I'm going to buy these like $20 knockoffs from AliExpress. And oh my God, they were such a mistake. They obviously did not look like Apple headphones. They were like 20 times the size. (laughs) They looked like such cheap knockoffs. They didn't play music well. They would run out of battery really quickly. I was just very young and I couldn't afford the proper ones at the time, but I almost just wished I had just waited, put that $20 aside and like waited longer to save up and gotten the proper set later on. 100%. I think it can go the other way as well, where like you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars where you don't need to like on a product if you don't need that quality like when I look at tech 
and I see all the services and like, this is why you should get the iPhone and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to use half of that stuff. So there's no reason for me to get like the top rated tech or like the top rated iPhone or switch up my iPhone every year just because I wouldn't use it. But if I was a graphic designer or if I was like an editor, like it makes sense to get that high end tech. I think there's like a balance, you know? I think you just like to suffer and that's something we should discuss. I completely agree. I feel like I just need it to be harder than it needs to. Like it is definitely a balance and I've been on the spectrum of like if I have to choose between the cheaper product that makes me suffer versus the product that's right for me that I will eventually probably buy, I've just for some reason always gone for the cheaper one. And not only is it not very frugal because I end up spending, you know, twice as much and that saying of, you know, a poor man buys twice because you just end up getting like a lower quality item that ends up breaking and you buy it again and again. I just also look back and think about all the wastage. Like I've been buying twice the amount of products and twice the amount of packaging. And from like a sustainability point of view, I don't feel great about that, especially with tech and electronics and like all these extra wires and things around the house that doesn't make me feel so great. So not so great frugal tip and also just not so great for the environment. But in saying that, I have to ask you, Sonia, there was a study that was done And they looked at if people thought certain things were frugal or if they were cheap. So is it something that's actually like good for your money or are you just being like a bit of a tight ward? I'm going to throw some sentences at you and I want you to tell me if you think they're frugal or if you think they're just being cheap. Okay. Oh, I like this game. Okay, go. Seeking out deals or coupons for purchases. Frugal or cheap? Frugal. Agreed. 72% of people said it was frugal. Mm Re-gifting. Frugal or cheap? (laughs) Cheap. Yeah. More people thought it was cheap. Okay. Mm. I've got another one for you. There's so many principles and ethics (laughs) that we go into that one, but I'll keep my mouth shut. Cheap. (laughs) Okay. Calculating your part of a group bill to the cent. Frugal or cheap? Cheap. Yeah. It fell under cheap. Buying off-brand food products. Frugal. That's what people said too. 65% of people thought it was just frugal. Buying clothes at department stores like Kmart or Walmart. (laughs) Frugal or cheap? Frugal. (laughs) I love Kmart. (laughs) Declining to be a part of rounds at the bar. Frugal or cheap? Oh, frugal. That's fine. That was a 50-50. People weren't sure. I think it's fine. I think it's frugal. Yeah, I think if everyone else was going to get a drink and pay for that round and you have like a water because you know you can't swing it right now, that's fine. It's real. If they're your friends, they wouldn't mind. I would cover for you, you know. Let's go. Eating food a few days past its expiry date. Frugal or cheap? (laughs) (laughs) I am going to say frugal on the account that it's like you're not dangering yourself you haven't opened the product it's just been refrigerated and it's only a few days past the expiry date also is it an expiry date is it best before date like you know okay it's cheap isn't it it is so cheap that is so south asian of you you're like expiry dates are just recommendations they're just suggestions. Well, if it's an opened product and you open it in the fridge and it's like got mold in it, obviously I'm not going to eat it. That's like saying is the five second rule cheap or frugal? Do you know what? That just gave me a flashback of a time where I wanted to eat 
and there was like mold on my bread. And I was like, I could just cut this mold off and eat the bread. I have no standing on this. Okay. Okay. Lucky last one. This is the one I think we're going to disagree on. Okay. Lengthening the longevity of soap by diluting the soap bottles with water. (laughs) I think that's frugal. (laughs) I've done that before. We've been there. It's fine. People do it. I think if I'm doing it in my own bathroom, I'm like, that's frugal. If someone else uses my bathroom, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm so cheap. Oh yeah, that's so cheap. (laughs) The thing is, is I'm such a double cleanse kind of gal in the shower and like with my skincare. Like I have a bar soap and then I have a body wash with like an exfoliating like net. I can put some water into that because I'm still going to get clean because I have bar soap. No, no, we're on the same page. No? Okay, cool. Love it, love it, love it. I feel like this is probably a good place to wrap up. So the five things that we have tried that Sonia and I have soldiered through that we have done for the community, the investy besties, and then realized that they were absolutely horrendous and they just are not worth it. And there's probably no point trying include meal prepping everything at home, buying things in bulk when you are a single person, (laughs) selling things that you don't use. Cutting out things that make you feel good, things like nails, facials, the simple luxuries that we're talking about. And the last one being buying electronics that are much cheaper or are dupes of the original products because you're just going to end up buying them both. I have to say, I think these were really great because I think they show something that we don't see often in the personal finance community, which is not every way of saving money is always the best way of growing wealth like just because it saves you money doesn't mean you have to do it and you can take what you listen to and apply it to your life and go okay I actually can meal prep and I actually can stop drinking coffee and that works for me but then I'm not going to take their advice on trying to do xyz or trying to save and like I don't know reuse tea bags like it's okay you're not a bad person if you don't try to save money in every single way possible that is what I've been able to take away from this episode the exact same do what works for you and make sure to personalize the advice that you receive all right until next time Sonia till next time Sim bye bye And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.